Hello and welcome to Coach's Decision, a weekly talk show that touches on sports from the Bay Area and beyond. My name is Thomas Todd. I'm your host this evening here at KSCO Studios. Joining me on the phone, my college buddy, my podcast compadre, my compadre, Daniel Zarchi. How you doing, buddy? Hello and welcome to episode 135. <laughs> Two uh, guys that glove and a coke bottle. The crossover episode. Danny and I are Two pulling and a coke bottle podcast. We're pulling a procedural TV, uh, I guess hijinks you call it. We're crossing over Giants Pod, our podcast we've had for five plus years, with Coach's Decision, our talk show we've had for eh, just about a year now, because. There is so much Bay Area sports going on right now, and the highlight, the darling, the critical darling of Bay Area sports right now is our San Francisco Giants winning 13 of 14, including a Jake Peavy start or two. Yeah, who knew that those were winnable? Nobody did. Uh, Victoria Feeney, producer Tori, also sitting in. How you doing, Tori? Not too bad. Oh, yeah, you're always good. You want to see the Warriors lose. Yeah, see, okay. Uh She's the yeah, one person who likes Russell Westbrook's fashion sense. <laughs> That's what I don't. Uh, he wears like he dresses like wears Waldo. He wears clothes that are uneven. I just want to see what would happen and how the NBA would crumble in on itself if we wind up with a Raptors Thunder Finals. Some producers just <laughs> want to watch the world burn. I think is what she's trying to say. On our show today, we are going to talk about the Giants, a little bit about the Sharks, Danny, uh, headed towards the Stanley Cup in 17 minutes of the third period, if they can close that one out. We'll figure out what's wrong with the Warriors, and then Tori will come on to do her weekly spray of Tory topics. So if you're listening on Giants Pod right now, do not be confused. We're about to jump right into the Giants, but before we do, we're going to give some love to our sponsor, SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor. So happy to have these guys on, on board. Have you ever been frustrated buying tickets online? Tori, you're more of a convention ticket buyer, right? Yeah. Con, everything ends in con. If it's got a con in it, usually. Okay. I'm missing a con next weekend. You're missing it? Yeah. Okay, well, I if you work. weren't missing it, you'd download the SeatGeek app. You would go on there, find the cheapest tickets, find the best price. Most sites make it complicated, then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and con concert tickets. I've had and, great... You know, you can also buy tickets. I was just looking, you can buy tickets to the conference finals. Oh, mm-hmm. which ones? The Western, the Eastern? Well, whatever you want. Porque no los dos. Porque no los dos. SeatGeek is your one-stop shop for all of this stuff. They pull all the tickets available on other sites into one place. You save time and never miss a deal. I've got a couple irons in the fire. I'm going to see modern baseball. I'm going to surprise someone special in my life with a Frank Turner ticket or two. Oh, thanks, Thomas. Yeah, no problem, <laughs> Danny. Anytime. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. So you see... Green means good. Red means bad. The bigger the green dot, the better the deal you're getting. You don't have to shop around. SeatGeek does all of that for you. And best of all, Danny, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and add a promo code SFG20, San Francisco Giants. That's us, SFG20. And you will get $20 back after your first purchase. Once again, it's a free SeatGeek app, SFG20, today. Danny, SFG20 might mean something else soon. That might mean how many games almost in a row our Giants win. Where are we at, man? Uh, well, they won five in a row, but they won 13 of their last 14. Does it count when so. you lose to Jake Arrieta of the Chicago Cubs? Does that even count? I don't really think it does. But speaking of the Cubs, after today's win, and the Cubs won today also, 
The Giants are one game behind the Cubs in the win column. They're uh, five games behind in the loss column because there have been so many rainouts in Chicago. But basically, if the two were in direct competition with another, the Giants are three games back. You know, if you're, when you're talking about the team of destiny that was the 2016 Chicago Cubs, that's not bad. There are only two teams in Major League Baseball right now with 30 wins, like you said, the Cubs and the Giants. There are teams right behind 28-29, but... Because of this winning streak and because the way the team was put together, this looks like one of the most quality teams. But people got a bad first impression. They started out a bit uneven. Uh, you know, we're below 500. We're behind the Dodgers, behind the Rockies at various points. But now they're five games up on the Dodgers pending tonight's result, five and a half games up on Colorado pending tonight's result. But that's a pretty darn good start to be heading into the end of May. Am I right? Colorado's already lost today. So. Oh, they already lost today. Okay, so pending pending the rest of the season, they're five and a half games back. Yeah, and what's really interesting, and something like, of course, Grant, uh, but Kevin Chronicles has written about, is that the Giants only have a plus 14 run differential, whereas the Cubs have a plus 119 run differential. But, you know, you look at, like, the, the games in which the Giants lost by 12 or 13 or more, or even just gave up that many runs in one inning. And, uh, you know, it's a question of how seriously you want to take those. Like, obviously the Giants lost those games. Obviously the Giants did very poorly to lose those games. And teams that are really good often don't lose by 14 to you know 18 runs in a single game. But at the same time, it's one loss. Yeah, and, but Danny, here's the thing. I take those numbers very seriously in the regular season. Now, the regular season exists to get you to the postseason. We have proven over three different seasons that once you get to the postseason, if you have a good manager and you have a couple of good pitchers and someone comes through in the clutch at the plate, you can win titles. Now, you can be the Chicago Cubs and you can win 105 games and win the regular season, but when playoff time starts, you better be ready to go up against Mad Bum, Cueto, Samarja, and a deep middle of the order for the San Francisco Giants. So I don't really care who wins more regular season games. It's about winning your division. And which team would you say right now is better set up to win their division? You mean the Cubs or the Giants? Yeah, Cubs or the Giants. Uh, You know, it's probably still the Cubs. Yeah, but But it's it's close. Was it close two weeks ago? No. No, it wasn't close at all two weeks ago. And now it's even. You know, even if the Giants play 500 ball the rest of the season or slightly above 500 ball, the Dodgers don't look like they're getting it done outside of Clayton Kershaw. They still could make their run. It's early. It's not even June. The Rockies, I don't believe. I never believe in the Rockies. It never happens for them. They're like that guy who's maybe make the football team, maybe date a cute girl, but nothing ever happens. He just gets stuck. Yeah, he kind of gets rooted, you know, but in the end, they lose. Yeah. Like even Rocktober, back when they won, it was the 22 or 23 straight games to get to the World Series, and they got dumped on. <laughs> you know, instead of getting <laughs> yeah, a sack I mean, at the end of the game like Rudy, they got sacked. Yeah, one of the really interesting things also is that the Giants have just beat up horribly on the Padres. You know, they're 9-0 and against the Padres this year, so that's three hey, sweeps. Ten more. Bring on ten more games of the Padres, <laughs> please. Um, and have them all be against four, Johnny Cueto. <laughs> they're 4-4 four and four against the D-backs. They are three and four against the Rockies, and they're four and three against the Dodgers. So they're basically 500 against their division, except for the Padres. Well, you're, I mean, but you're not including. They took two, th- two or three from the Cubs. They miraculously beat the Blue Jays once. I don't know how they beat an actual quality club that swings the bat like that. I was at um, one of those games, but 
you are right about being 9-0 and against the Padres, but they do have 10 more games against them. They get to play the Reds some more, the Phillies some more. Everybody gets to play these bad teams. Yeah. And you better win those series. You know, did the Padres win a series against the Cubs? They did. You know, that's part of what's affecting the Cubs' record of late is they lost a couple of games to the Padres. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to find this information because I thought it was really interesting. It's also pretty obvious. But the Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers right now, like you said, pending tonight's outcome, are 24 and 23. So uh, the Clayton Kershaw is a very, very, very good good pitcher. And, you know, it's kind of on pace to have the, the greatest pitching season of all time. Um, in his starts, uh, see, I want to figure this out. Uh, the listeners love when you do math on the air, Danny. That's our favorite thing. <laughs> Look, trying you- to divide... 22 by 7 right now. You're a horrifically well, smart guy. In his in his starts, the the, the Dodgers are 9 and 1. Okay. Uh, which means that uh, in every other game that Clayton Kershaw has not pitched in, the Dodgers are 15 and 22. Yeah. Or 15 and 20 15 and 24 rather. The reliance on one starter is the kind of thing that does not work for teams. You know, look at your White Sox, who are who are fantastic this year. They're what nine and zero when Chris Sale pitches. That's great, yeah. but they're not going to win a division with Chris Sale going thirty two and zero, or or you know him going twenty seven and zero and thirty two and zero as a team in his starts. That's not going to happen. They need guys uh, at the back of the rotation to help them out. The Dodgers need help. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of harkens back to the discussion that we were having in the off season, where you know we were kind of comparing rotations. And the question was, if you're comparing the top three of, of, of a team's rotation, Kershaw is obviously number one compared, compared to any other ace. But how much does his uh, advantage over, say, Madison Bumgarner um, make up for the deficit when comparing the number twos, the number threes, and number fours? Well, see, what's strange in the way the, go ahead, finish your point. Well, at the time, we were kind of saying, well, Kershaw is just that good. That it's, you know, who, who cares if they literally don't have a fifth starter? Kershaw is really good. And now we're kind of seeing it play out, that they're they're losing just about, uh, you know, they're playing like 350 ball when Kershaw's not playing. And that's terrible. I love and your that's point. not going to work. I love your point on the Dodgers record, but I think you, you misfire when you say, you know, the deficit between Madison Bumgarner and Clayton Kershaw. Because I think come a playoff series, there is no deficit. Clayton Kershaw does not have a playoff track record, and that's all Madison Bumgarner has. You know, and you can say that yeah, that's not I a sustainable way to look at baseball projecting at forward, but you've got to look at Madison Bumgarner's playoff performance and say he's one of the greatest postseason performers of all time already, and he's not even 30. Yeah, but in a given, in a given postseason, I don't take Bumgarner over Kershaw. I don't think that you can look at Kershaw's tiny, tiny little sample size of pitching in the playoffs and, you know, and uh, assume that that's more predictive than everything else that indicates that he's the best pitcher in the world. Do you think someone like Bruce Bochy agrees with you? I don't know. I don't... <laughs> that was a really unfair. So? That, was a really un- that was a really unfair <laughs> question. That was a really unfair. It would be a horrifically unfair question to Bruce Bochy as well. Okay, let's move on to well, some... Hey, so- Go ahead. So, so I, I did the math pretty well in my head. In the games that Kershaw has not started, the Dodgers are uh, are a forty and a half percent win team. Oof. So that that's bad. 
Yeah, that's a big woof. All right, let's get into some specifics about the win streak. Johnny Cueto, three complete game starts against the San Diego Padres this month. <laughs> three in one month. Danny, you don't yep. have a complete game in your career. No, that's true. Uh, Jamie Moyer hasn't have... had one since the 80s. I say almost every time I turn on the game, I get to the complete game. <laughs> Well, you have DVR, Danny. Johnny Cueto can't just DVR over Padres at bats like you do. <laughs> Every time Alexi Amarista comes up and you go, he can't do that. He actually has to get the guy out. Well, that's a mistake on his part. What, is Better it, living through technology. Is it two two earned runs in those 27 innings? I, I believe I didn't write down the earned runs, but I think it's it's one or two. But let me just say that if, uh, if this were not actually on the radio, I would be swearing. I'd be saying some swear words about how good he is. Yeah. Johnny freaking Cueto. We can say freaking. He's fantastic. Yeah. He is has been better than we expected. He has been better than almost every other pitcher on the Giants, including Madison Bumgarner, including Jeff Samarja, who's been fantastic this year. He's been better. And that, that just goes back to the fact that Johnny Cueto has been one of the best pitchers in the league since he, you know, since the, the light switch flipped and he became, you know, the this stud ace and he had part of a bad season last year and it completely changed his value and we are reaping the benefits of it he's given up eight base runners in his last 18 innings pitched yeah he, I mean, he gave that up when he walked out of bed this morning <laughs> you just look at these numbers like Cueto 238 ERA Samarja 254 Bumgarner 217 my I mean, goodness Jake Peavy has a higher ERA than those three combined Literally. <laughs> He's also older than those three combined, um, but we won't go there. Poor Jake Peavy. Couldn't even get a win today. Yeah, but he pitched really well. He did pitch he really well. the Padres, so who cares? I was doing my thing where I was screaming things I can't say on the radio at the TV when Bochy is letting Peavy pitch deep into the seventh inning. And I'm looking, and he's at 77, 80 pitches or whatever. I know he's still got some, some quote-unquote gas in the tank, but at some point you got to cut your losses and just get rid of the guy. You mean, like, toss him from the rotation? No, just get him out of the game. Say, hey, man, six and two-thirds, great job, Jake. Vintage form, hit the showers. That's what the bullpen is for. When Jake Peavy gives you lemons and then squeezes it and gives you lemonade, don't pour the lemonade down the drain. He gave up a run. <laughs> he led to that game going extra innings. No, he did not. He did. That was Josh Osich who I, grooved one. Yeah, but there was no reason for Peavy to give up the first run. Because he never should have been in the game. I don't know. I'm micromanaging now, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to fault Bochy for that. What about Brandon Belt's injury from today? He got his ankle well, caught so, going to second base. Yeah. It's a minor ankle uh, sprain? Is there such thing? I mean, to me, no. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, when, I, when I sprain my ankle, I can't stand. I can't, I can't walk for a week. You know, so I, I don't know about... These guys, um, what I, I mean, I'm starting to get a little concerned about how hurt these, these people are. You know, Pence has a nagging hamstring thing um, for going on the DL finally for his hamstring issue. And actually, uh, it was interesting that that happened just recently because on the radio today, Dave and John were talking about how this is the anniversary of the walk-off inside the park home run that Pagan hit that also tanked the 2011 season. Yeah, I had a kooky old lady talking to me today about the Giants, and she said, I, I think he's done after this season. I think 
he's done, period. You know, nothing ever felt right after that walk-off inside the park home run. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. So And, and Belt and Pence have been the only great hitters on the team. They've been the only well-above-average hitters on the team. Posey is still mired in what you consider an extended slump. Um, Crawford's coming around, but still hitting 250 like he does on his best on his best seasons. So, those are your guys. Yeah. Pence and Belt need to be we, healthy. We do need to give some credit to Kelby Tomlinson, who is playing like a pro. Um, well, he is a pro. Kelby, well, he is a pro. He's a professional baseball player. He's also batting 344. He can play. You know, he can pretend to play anywhere on the infield. He got a late uh, break in left field. field. He got a late break on one of those yeah, fly but balls. Yeah, brand new to left field. I mean, he's it's it's new to him, and it's gonna be it's gonna have to become part of his game. I guess but, if Matt Kemp still can't figure it out, we can't expect Kelby Tomlinson to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's you know he's batting like three forty four with you know a little bit of extra base power, but also speed, which is really good. Something that. A lot of these guys don't have. And, um, you know, with him, with Trevor Brown, playing playing at higher levels than, let's say, like, Avery Adrianza and, I don't know, Hector Sanchez. And the Joaquin, Joaquin Ariases of the past. Right, exactly. You know, like, one of the things that was really apparent uh, this year and kind of in the last week is that if you lose Hunter Pence for a few games, if you lose, you know, uh, if Joe Panic has like a hip thing and needs to miss a couple days, um, even, even if you lose more than one guy at the same time, you're not just conceding those games. You were a few years ago, even with the really good Giants team. Yeah, no, they're pretty deep this season, and that's part of why they were one of the favorites to win the World Series. That lineup was stacked, and even when you unstacked it a little bit, you could see plugging in a Gregor Blanco for Pagan and not missing too much of a step. You could see Kelby coming in for Panic and not missing too much, other than what we've seen defensively uh, from Kelby at second base. But, no, your, your point is taken. This is a deeper team than they've had in the past. There's not that guy clinging on to a bench spot where you're saying, whoa, is me, how is this guy in the major leagues? It's not really happening this season. Maybe a little bit more in the bullpen, but even I've got some stats here about these new bullpen guys, Danny. I've got yeah. – I'm not calling Hunter Strickland a new bullpen guy, but he's relatively new considering the Giants, if you want to call it the championship era since 2010. We've got Hunter Strickland, 18.1 innings pitched this season without giving up a home run. Uh, Garen wow. – Garen, 20 innings pitched this season without giving up a home run. Derek Law, 13.1 innings pitched this season. No home runs. I mean, those guys aren't all pitching lights out fantastic, but they've all been pretty good, and they're not letting the yeah, ball leave the yard. Especially Strickland, who was, you know, gave up like nine home runs per nine in 2014. Yeah, all in prime time. All in prime time, all in the playoffs, so he got this you know, um, stigma about him that fans still have. You talk to any Giants fan, they go, oh, I'm so nervous when Hunter Strickland's on the mound, the ball's going to leave the yard. Well, 18.1 innings, ball hasn't left the yard yet. Santiago <laughs> Casillas having a good season. He's given up three home runs. Yeah. And, I mean, these are arbitrary numbers, but so are the first couple outings of Strickland's young playoff career. Yeah. So no, get absolutely. off that guy. Get off that guy. He's a closer of the future. He is a closer of the future. So... I want to just uh, go back to the Padres game because I finally got the stat I was looking for. Hey, Matt Kemp is um, awful. Oh, God. He looks so terrible. He's a cast member um, of the movie The Nice Guys. 
he's happy and fun, so, but nothing ever good happens to him? <laughs> so it's a well-established fact that batters do better the more times they see a pitcher in a given game, right? Mm-hmm. You often you often hear about the uh, third time third time through the order, right? So the National League this year uh, has an OPS of 7.24. I'm just going to do OPS because it's easiest. So this year, against when facing starting pitchers, the National League for 7.24. First time through the order, the OPS is 6.75. The second time, 7.54. And the third time, it's 765. Okay. So it goes up. So 765, right? Clear, clear ascending numbers, 765. The Padres, uh, the first time they see a pitcher, the first time they see the starting pitcher, their OPS is 466. <laughs> so it's like they've never seen one before. <laughs> what is this apparatus attached to this man's torso hurling a baseball in my general direction? Uh, the second time they see the pitcher, it jumps all the way up to 7.10. Hey, I remember this guy. I saw him about 45 minutes ago. Right. And then the third time, it's back to 6.67. Oh, well, they become so, they become friends. Oh, I like this guy. I see this guy every every couple of minutes. You know, I like that guy. So they defy physics. <laughs> and their OPS goes down the third time they see a pitcher in the lineup. Oh, the Padres. Uh, I mean, in, in a given game. It's it's quite amazing. Adam Rosales, on his own, is 0 for 12 when seeing a pitcher the third time through the game. I mean, he's probably like, I mean, that's probably more reflective of Adam Rosales' skill level at this point. But that's just, it's amazing. Uh, dunk your head in the Matt Gatorade Kemp. or something, man. Do something. Yeah. Like, Matt Kemp has a 720 OPS the third time through the order. And that's good compared to... Most of the guys on this team. The Padres. The Padres have Johnny Cueto as like their predator nightmare, you know, seeper. Like he, they wake up in the middle of the night, Johnny Cueto on the brain. <laughs> they couldn't get past post, post, post Cy Young Tim Lincecum in two games. What is wrong yeah. with them that they can never hit? <laughs> what is it? I just I don't know. Like was it? It was two years ago that they're. Offense was historically terrible. Chris Denorfia not walking year, through that door. Right. And then last year, A.J. Preller decided to, you know, wheel and deal and make his mark on the club. You know, he just, he just, uh, peed all over it to try to make it, <laughs> make it his own. You know, that does, it, it does work as a sterilizing agent. <laughs> Only if it's your own urine. Okay. And <laughs> this is when Tori, 20, 22 minutes into the, whatever, into the episode, Tori decides, that urine is her entry into the episode. <laughs> I left her mic on so that she could make a urine comment. Well, <laughs> well, at least we know it'll be really good if there's ever a jellyfish baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to become the San Diego Stingers. Dude, the Portuguese men of war. That would be such a good. That would be such a good mascot. Oh god, that would be really good. The Santa Cruz coral reefers, maybe. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. <laughs> you wanted to get reefers in there, didn't you? I did. I had to get reefers in there. Um, so, yeah, the Padres are bad. They're going to continue to be bad. And the, the Giants are going to, to win a lot of games against them. It's going to be great. And guess who starts tomorrow, Danny? Uh, let's see. Is it Matt Cain? It is, it is Matt Cain. Guess who starts after him? We're back to the top of our fantastic rotation. This streak yeah, can go on I, forever. Yeah. Ah, this is good. This no, is very no, good. No Jake Peavy for the better part of a week. 
Peavy. Oh, Peavy. Okay, she's back with the P. <laughs> Moving on. Danny, go ahead. Well, so let's just look forward a little bit. The Giants are about to uh, they're about to start a series against um, the Rockies in Colorado. Then they're going to go to Atlanta. Uh, the Giants just don't play well in Colorado. So even though they're doing really well, they're really hot, I kind of don't have high hopes for that series. Yeah, but then we get How Atlanta. But then we get Atlanta. They have 12 wins. They are very bad. Chris Sale almost has 12 wins. <laughs> Chris Sale will have 12 wins in like a week and a half. And Atlanta may still yeah. have 12. Yeah. All right, we're, well, we're piling I, on a lot of bad teams. I, I'm starting to feel guilty. Who are some good teams? Well, we already talked about the Cubs. The Nationals. We've talked about my White Sox. The, the Mets. Nationals. The Mets are good. The entire yeah, American yeah. League East. <laughs> uh, so, um, somebody in this room just pointed out the Mariners are in first place. Uh-huh. Which was another call of mine. Not that they would be in first place, but that they would they'd make the playoffs. They did have a nice walk-off win against the A's last night. Leonis Martin taking Ryan Matson yard after Robbie Cano yeah. went yard in the eighth inning. That was a pretty good game from them. Yeah, we were both pretty wrong about Texas being bad, or I guess, I was wrong about Texas being bad. I don't remember if you were on that. Oh, I liked I liked uh, Texas not, not, not that much. We were all over Houston. What happened to Houston? Yeah. I have no idea. Neither do they. I have no idea. Yeah. Call JJ Watt. Put a bat in his hand. Do something. <laughs> Tori just left the show because we mentioned JJ Watt. She didn't get to bring he him hit up. Hit two home runs in a charity game last week. Speak into your microphone, producer Tori. He hit two home runs at a charity game Again, last week. Off of Nolan Ryan or something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nolan Ryan. Uh, it's like this crossover. So you have J.J. Watt smacking, you know, home runs off Nolan Ryan for charity. You have George Springer running around in a, in a Tyrannosaurus Rex suit playing football. It's, <laughs> it's great. I want to see Nolan Ryan tackle J.J. Watt. <laughs> I want to see that. Like, he won't. I mean, he will fall down. It, it'll be like tackling a wall. Robin Ventura just waves a tiny pennant in the corner. Remember when I was trying to learn how to jump over a wall? I, I do remember that. So Daniel Zarchi. That's what it's going to be like. That's what it's going to be like. Nolan Ryan trying to tackle. So I, I got to explain this to the uh, listeners because people see Danny and I, and they go, "Wow, you're a lot bigger than we thought. You know, a lot taller." <laughs> Danny, you're six five. I'm like six two. I'm like two forty. You know, a bit of a you know, I got a little tummy, but uh, I I can run. I play basketball. I can play baseball. I can play football. I do a lot of running. Uh, I get hit. I make hits. I make shots. Blah blah blah. Danny, you have been a much more intellectual person about the way you've lived your life. Thank you. You've worked I out. I was sedentary, but no, that's, you're uh, sedentary. But you've also you've worked out a lot. You lift. You you do a little jogging here and there. You do. You pro you're probably an elliptical guy, aren't you? Oh yeah. But Absolutely. there's something there's something wrong with Daniel Zarchi. He doesn't have the the brain signal that says lift leg over fence, lift other leg over fence. <laughs> you just don't bend that way. Nope. You just don't have that like. You know when the you hit the ball through the window and you're playing baseball as a kid and everyone scatters and like hops over a fence. Danny hit it behind a bush. Like he didn't do anything that would be borderline athletic. So your body never got used to that. So has your fence hopping improved? Uh, no, no. I, I, I'm honestly taking a little vacation from it. Okay. Well, we're gonna work I on was, that. That was kind of a win in Vegas sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get you back there. Oh man, that was I just you're so funny. You're so tall. You should be able to get over any fence. You're so tall. <laughs> I don't think you understand how height works. 
Being tall does not mean you can jump high. No, but your legs should be able to swing over things. They have to do so much more work, though, because they're so much If you were so nine longer. feet tall, you could just step over it. <laughs> I don't understand what you can't do with an extra seven inches over the average American population. No fence can stop Yao Ming. No problem. That's I mean, true. unless he has a bone spur in his foot. <laughs> All right, we've hit a wall here. Let's go to a little sponsorship break and come back and talk about some more Bay Area sports. 99 Bottles is our next sponsor, located in downtown Santa Cruz. 99, one of our favorites, your premier drinking and dining destination in downtown Santa Cruz. Pretty much unlimited drink options, bottled beer, draft beer, full bar, full kitchen, the waffle fries Danny and I have fought over for years. He ate most of mine after I took the first bite of my burger, one of the first times we went there, and he acquired the nickname Mooch. 99 is part of our blood. It's part of our bond. It's part of our friendship. It's also a great part of downtown Santa Cruz, located on Walnut Avenue between Pacific and Cedar. If you're in Santa Cruz, please make the trip out there. It's so much fun. They've got sports on the TV, trivia on Wednesday nights. There's so much that you can do there that you can't do other places. Enjoy a good pint. You drink enough of them. They will literally put your name on the wall. Danny, we're not on the wall. No, we're not. We watch Game of Thrones, though. <laughs> we uh, we have had our fair share of mandates, though, at 99 Bottles. It's a, it's a great place. It is a wonderful place. We're going to go there next time you, you come into town, but if I put up a four-foot wall, you won't be able to get in town. So. <laughs> we're going to build a wall and make Danny pay for it. <laughs> Fantastic. We, we're going to get on to some Warriors because they're in trouble. But I want to throw some love the way of the San Jose Sharks. Since I started covering sports full-time for Good Morning Monterey Bay here at KSCO, I have been for, not forced because I'm not being forced, but it has become compulsory that I check in with the teams on a nightly basis. A's, Giants, Warriors, Sharks, Earthquakes, you know, reading box scores, watching pieces of games. I have kind of gotten a thing for the San Jose Sharks, and I picked the right time to start covering them because they're on their way. They're just a couple of minutes away from their first ever Stanley Cup final. This, this is the year they're celebrating their 25th anniversary as a franchise. They came into Northern California in the early 90s as an expansion team and spent 25 years not winning much of anything. Spent a lot of the 2000s winning a bunch of games, racking up a bunch of points, and having early exits in the playoffs, having teams have dramatic comebacks against them. I think the Kings came back from them three games to none to beat them in a seven-game series. So the fans are hungry. The team is playing very well. Their passing is great. Their defense is great. Martin Jones made a couple of brilliant saves in the first two periods that I saw tonight. So I just want to throw some love and some congratulations to the San Jose Sharks fans out there and to a team as a whole because they paid their dues. They've earned it. Danny, we have experience with waiting for championships, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. I, I've i been waiting for the Warriors to win a championship for like three or four years. <laughs> Mr. Bandwagon. But no, we were, we've been Giants fans for a very long time. I suffered starting at the age of six. It took uh, almost a full two decades to get that uh, out of my system. And boy, we've gotten out of our system now. So I really look forward to at least having the opportunity for Sharks fans to hoist a cup. And if you're going to win a title, if you're going to win a particular trophy, you want to win Lord Stanley's Cup. Am I right? Oh, yeah. It's the best trophy in professional sports. Do you have a favorite shark? Um, Don't say tiger. Don't say whale. <laughs> uh, Don't say hammerhead. Bruce. Hammerhead. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know any San Jose Sharks, do you? I know Pavelski. Okay. Uh, I know uh, 
No, see, I'm going to stop there. I don't want to add Thornton. Thornton, Thornton's still on team. I, I like Brent Burns. That man has a disgusting slap shot from the point. He hits the puck so hard that it just gets by uh, goalies because it has that little extra stank on it. And I just really enjoy his beard, his toothlessness, and his wonderful slap shot. So, oh but, wait, I like I like Hurdle because I know the secret that his name is Tomash. Tomash, yeah, and that well, makes me uh, that makes me feel special. You know, like I like I know something you wouldn't know just reading his name off of a paper. Right. Well, he's Czech. You know, yeah. Th- things happen in, in the Slavic languages that neither of us understand. But I'm, I'm glad you know Tomasz, and don't ever call me that. <laughs> to- Tomasz Todd is not a very good name. I do not like it. No good. Okay. All right, let's move, on. let's move on to a team where you know most of the players. Yes. Do you know, do you know the entire Warriors roster? Um, if, if, who's, at the, no. who's at the bottom of the roster? There's, there's three guys basically at the bottom of the roster who almost never play. James Michael McAdoo. Mike McAdoo, there you go. Uh, I don't know, do you consider Verjao at the bottom? No, he was in the rotate. When you're seven feet tall, you get in the game. Well, let's, let's see. Uh, so how many are there? I, I want to see how many I can name. There's 12. Okay, so Curry, Clay, Barnes, uh, Bogut, mm-hmm. um, Draymond. Mm-hmm. Then you have Iggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's six. Livingston, Rush. Uh-huh, eight. Clark. Okay, Clark and Rush. Those are the guys at the bottom. Azili. Azili, ten. You got and very two more. Is 11. Nope, you got one more. You're forgetting. And McAdoo. No, the Brazilian blur. Oh. Leandro. Barbosa. I love Barbosa. I kind of hate Barbosa, but I kind of love him, too. I hate he shoots way too much, but I love when he's streaking down the court, reminding us of all those old Phoenix Suns, Mike D'Antoni teams when he was just the fastest man on the planet and a one man <laughs> fast break or actually a two man fast break with Steve Nash. So yeah, Danny, good job. You've been watching games. I'm proud of you, son. Thank you. Yeah. No, they're they're a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun. Because I'm gonna say it here. They're, they're still a lot of fun. They're done, dude. This isn't baseball. <laughs> this isn't Rally Zito, Rally Vogie. This doesn't happen. You don't beat a You're team. You're going to eat your enchiladas tomorrow night? I'm going to eat my enchiladas every day no matter what because that's what I do. But it's not happening, Danny. Russell Westbrook is a human pinball. Kevin Durant is a sniper. That defense is playing incredible against the Warriors right now. Steph Curry was 6 of 20, 2 of 10 from 3 yeah. because of I the could- defense. I could guard Steph, too, if I could just hold on to his jersey the whole time. You know, I did want to talk about that. I was having a conversation with uh, one of my NBA nerd friends today, and the, it is being called differently, this series. I, I'm not going to say the the gripe about the officials is real. I'm not going to say the Warriors are being cheated out of the series because they're also just not executing. They're much better than they've played. But the way the refs are calling the game is really favoring Oklahoma City. The ticky-tack fouls are only being called within five feet of the basket. Clay Thompson is getting bumped, rubbed, pushed, pulled, shoved, and so is Curry. Clay Thompson's being hit on the hand every time he shoots. You know, they're yeah. not they're not rewarding him because he's taking off balance shots that look off kilter, but he's drawing fouls and they're just not blowing the whistle. Yeah, and you know, it's it sucks because it's a really effective way to guard Steph is you make it so that every possession he's you know, using max effort to try to sneak through two guys who are grabbing his, you know, grabbing his shirt, grabbing his shorts, stuff like that, trying to, you know, trying to trip his, trip up his ankles, stuff like that. And, it, you know, it has the effect on that possession because he has a hard time getting open. 
Um, but it also has the effect that it just drains him of his energy. And when you have a guy, you know, Curry has superstar conditioning, but when you have a guy like Russell Westbrook, who the Warriors don't really do that to, who has, you know, a hundred times the next guy in terms of how much gas he has in the tank, you just see these possessions in the third quarter, you know, end of the second quarter, third quarter, and even more going on where they just, where the Warriors are just tired. They're just way too tired. And Draymond's and, playing like garbage. Yeah. Absolute I garbage. Mean, but that's one of those things where, like, I would just not be that surprised if they go back to Oakland, they have a couple of days off, you know, they have a, and they just, they just flip a switch. I Danny, mean, you wouldn't be we, surprised we if the Pope showed up at your Passover Seder. Danny, <laughs> you have the blind optimism of a small child. Well, and hey, breaking news, the Sharks just won. Good. Congrats to the oh, Sharks. Congratulations. Now, was the, was the Pope at your Seder? Uh, no, but we left a chair open for him. <laughs> oh, so you're not you going to be surprised. You're optimistic, man. You, you, you take 100%. You, uh, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And Steph Curry misses 80% of the shots that he takes right now. Would you be that surprised if they figure something out, you know? Figure something they, out? I don't know. Like You're asking for a deus ex machina. Only nine teams have come back from this. What's, what is different about OKC now than the team that got destroyed by, by Golden State during a regular season? They want it. I mean, Danny, look at them. Look at them on the court. Look at the body right, language. That's not, a, that's not a real answer. No, that's real. Russell Westbrook wants this more than the Warriors do. I mean, is Ibaka the kind of player who's going to keep hitting, like, 40% of his three-pointers? No. If the answer is no, then, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, there's plenty of anecdotal information that shows that, like, Russell Westbrook, who is a terrible three-point shooter and yet takes more than almost anybody else. He's the worst three-point shooter in the history of the NBA. Right. But he always seems to make it in clutch situations. But that... That's not going to keep, I mean, that might not keep up. Like, they're. The Warriors haven't even put them in clutch situations. They've been blowouts. These have been 20 point games in the third quarter. I know. What what gives you any idea that the Warriors are getting unlucky or the Warriors are getting outsmarted and they can somehow come back with an idea like they did, say, say against the Memphis series last year when they said, oh, we're just not going to cover Tony Allen. We'll put Bogut on him. We'll put Bogut in the lane and they can't do anything. They came back and won that series. Okay, let's throw the death lineup out more often when we're down 2-1 against Cleveland. Let's find a way to win this series. What's the big idea this time? You can't just expect a big idea to be coming. And none of these ideas came down 3-1, and neither of them came down to a team that had two superstars who on a given night can score 40 points each on a team that looks highly motivated. But I don't think that Westbrook and Durant are the problem. They're going to keep playing at this level, but... The question is whether you, you really buy into this level of play from Ibaka and from Cantor and from all the other guys who are letting KD and Westbrook, you know, do their thing. Look, Cantor's, uh, Cantor's fantastic on offense. The, the Warriors have no answer for him. He goes over both shoulders. He gets offensive rebounds. He's very efficient. He's very effective. He can't play defense. The Warriors haven't really exploited that. That's been a mistake. Uh, and you can say Kevin Durant gets his on offense and doesn't, he's not shooting a high percentage, but he's playing great defense. Curry's 0 for 11 on possessions where Kevin Durant was the primary defender. They're switching 
and it's not making the Warriors aren't making them pay. Right, but I don't expect that to keep up. What? And the thing is, because because Steph Curry is the kind of transcendent athlete that even when he's over ten in the game, you expect the next three to go in. Okay. But he's only playing you know? at like seventy percent right now. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. Yeah, I don't even uh, want to get into the whole, Steph injury thing because I don't want an injury thing. I don't want to use that as a narrative. I just don't like it. I don't care. No, I, Guys are playing. Right. Everybody's playing hurt right now. My 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 point is that three three to one is bad, and you know there are plenty of stats like you said that show that teams rarely win three in a row in the playoffs. But in any given day, regardless of what happened in the previous game, I take Golden State to win the game. And so, so as a result, I think they're going to win. Okay. I mean, I, I I don't I don't know if I would put a lot of money on them winning this winning this series, but I think they're definitely going to make it harder going forward. Oh well, I mean, it's been hard for Oklahoma City. They've had to battle. They've had to go out there and play some of the best basketball that those guys have ever played in their lives, and that's what they're doing. Oklahoma City's playing better than they've ever played in the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook era. I mean, they've only ever had Kevin Durant as the Thunder, but this is the team that everyone was expecting year after year after year, and Scotty Brooks apparently just pissed away because he had all of these guys. There's nothing new this season. The only thing new this season is Billy Donovan, the new coach, and this is making Scotty Brooks look worse and worse because Billy Donovan is having these guys play at the right level, at the right time, the right number of minutes, the right defense. It's all coming together. And I just think the Warriors ran into a buzzsaw. I don't think that they aren't the best team in the NBA. I think they're just hitting the wrong team at the wrong time, and they're about to get eliminated. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, beat, these guys, nobody beat these guys twice in a row all season. The entire NBA couldn't win two games in a row against the Warriors. The entire NBA couldn't win three games out of four against the Warriors all season. Oklahoma City has right, done both of those things. But it's harder to win consecutive games. I mean, it's more likely you're going to lose consecutive games in the playoffs. You know, that's not particularly surprising. But to lose three or four, which they didn't do all season, this series is an aberration. But it's an aberration that do- it seems to be like it's going to continue. It doesn't seem like it's going to swing back the other way. If these guys played 30 times, I'm convinced the Thunder would win 20, 22 of them at this point. Okay. Well, that's that's, that's the difference. That's just how I feel right now, watching the Warriors try to execute on offense. So we're going to take one last sponsorship break. Oh, Danny, we never fight. That was fun. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to hug you Let's next time I see you now. Invented. Let's talk about who invented Blues Rock. Oh, no, the famous Levon Hudson argument. You know what Levon and I don't argue about? Our love of sporting events. Going to them, watching them, having a beer, having a brat. And the way we do that is we go on SeatGeek. We download the SeatGeek app. Because we get frustrated with other online apps and websites that charge us hidden fees. You hit checkout, and all of a sudden it's $15, $20 more than you were shown on the screen. Well, SeatGeek doesn't futz around like that. They give you the number that you're going to pay. They show it to you on the screen, and then you click purchase. It's a fantastic website, Danny. We both have the app on our phone. We both have been using it to go to games. Like I said earlier on the show, I'm going to some concerts. I've got the SeatGeek app. Even better, everything you see on the app and on the website is graded. Big green circles, big green dots mean good t- good ticket buy, good purchase. Red dot means eh, stay away. Maybe poke around you know with how another to drive. You know how to drive. You know how to recognize a good deal. I do know how to do those things, Danny. Thank you so much. We both have SeatGeek, and here's the best part about SeatGeek. 
our listeners out there, Giants Pod, Coach's Decision, Crossover Episode listeners. Get to know each other, guys. It's fun in here. You get $20 back by using our promo code SFG20. Download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code SFG20. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. I cannot encourage this enough, Danny. Let's move on to Tory topics. Are you ready, Danny? I'm so ready. Tori? Oh, I'm definitely ready. Don't piss all over this segment. (laughs) (laughs) What if there's a jellyfish? So, Giants Pod listeners, if you're out there listening, two guys, a glove and a Coke bottle on the podcast, iTunes. Tori is our producer for Coach's Decision. Every week she comes on, we give her eh, five to ten minutes to tell us all the weird stuff we missed while watching our sports and reading our headlines. She dives deep into the fun part of sports. So, Tori, take us on an adventure. All right. So we all know that... uh Rugnet Odor punched the hell out of Batista. Mm-hmm. Jose Batista. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, not, not Dave Batista, the wrestler. <laughs> that, that'd be a bad idea. Oh, he'd break his hand. <laughs> Heim Barbecue in Fort Worth has offered him free food for life. They're selling shirts now that say Rugnet eats free. So they've got a. Do they have a line? Uh, 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 the door. A door. Hodor. 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 Boo. I can't tie all the week's topics into one sentence. I tried. They can hold. They they have to hold the door open. Yeah, there we go. They have to hold the door. <laughs> hold the o door open. Um, free food is nice. T-shirts are better. I would just want a free endless supply of T-shirts. You do. Yeah, you're a T-shirt guy. You can work out in them. You can wear them around town. You can use them as rags. Sleep in them. When mm. when you're drunk and you make a sick in the bathroom, <laughs> just throw them down on the ground. I want as many Cabo Wabo and Rudetto Door Steakhouse t-shirts that I can get my hands on. <laughs> Danny, any thoughts on this? <laughs> I like free barbecue, but uh, I don't know about using my Rudetto Door shirts. Well, what's your favorite? What do, what do you get at barbecue? I'm a, I'm a brisket guy. Oh, brisket is brisket is an A plus choice. Um, I don't know. Do you consider hot dogs barbecue food? I, I'm see. I'm more. You got to say hot link. You gotta be, you gotta okay. be fancier, cause hot dog is like, eh, that's like a kid's barbecue. But a hot link, like a Cajun Louisiana style hot link, yeah, mm-hmm. that's for me. Yeah, uh, let's see. Maybe more like a broad or a Polish. Broad or a Polish, okay. Uh, or, or, yeah. You I'm like a po- short ribs kind of girl. Short. <laughs> How big is your rib cage? You have a tiny rib cage, right? Tiny rib cage. Tiny rib cage. Freakishly small. Yeah. She brags about it. The skeletal biologist talks about her rib cage all day. <laughs> All day, every day. Next story. All right, so we've got a scandal brewing in the NBA. Okay. <laughs> Kerry Washington on the on the blower. Get her on the blower. <laughs> Dikeme Matumbo says reports that he personally gave Bismack Biombo his blessing to use the signature finger wag is completely false. Really? Yes. He says, oh, wow. him and I need to talk. He says, not today. <laughs> not in my house. Just the so ridiculousness is, is, of this. Uh, is he now like half Arnold Schwarzenegger? I do. I can't do. Hey, what is, is he from the Congo? I believe it, a Congolese accent is not something I was prepared to do coming on this show today. But Dikembe Mutombo, we can jump off from this because no, Biombo should not be using the Dikembe finger wag because it's outlawed by the NBA first of all, and it's so signature to one guy's career. You got to come up with something on your own. But jumping off this, Dikembe Mutombo blew the lottery wide open when he said Philly won the lottery earlier in the day before it even happened. Now, the NBA say, says the ping pong balls had not been drawn by the time Matumbo's tweet came out. Do you believe that? 
Yes. You don't care. He's a soothsayer. <laughs> you don't care. You don't. Do you know what? how the NBA lottery works? Uh, you get point. You get like. Okay. It's like As Hunger a Kings games. fan, like I know Hunger how games. the lottery works. It's, it's exactly like the Hunger Games, Danny. All right, Tori. Do you believe Dikembe Mutombo when he says he didn't actually know? He just posted that. It's probably just luck. I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, next story. No Congolese accents this time. So Eli Apple's mom, we all know and love her. She's pro, pro, the one who pro cornerback now called out her son for wanting to wear a Rolex watch by calling him an unemployed college dropout at the draft. Okay. She's What's her highest degree? What was her highest level of education? Mom. Okay. Uh, actually, she does have a degree. She's got a degree in journalism and communications okay. because Just she's been hired on as an ESPN contributor for NFL Sunday Countdown. She says she's happier than a Kardashian in an NBA locker room. <laughs> Actual <laughs> quote. If they, they fire Chris Carter and they hire this woman. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. That's not cool. They like her pluck. Yeah, I like Draymond Green's mom's tweets. I don't watch the game next to her because that would be terrifying. Oh, she's good at trash talk, though. I, that's why I don't oh, watch man. the game next to her because that's scary. If if Eli Apple's mom is bagging on her own son, what's she going to do to the other NFL players? Apparently, it's going to be like a sports mom kind of thing. A, is this where ESPN is headed, Danny? Is this what we have to live with now? Gimmicks? Uh, when when is ESPN not relied on gimmicks though? <laughs> Touche. This is like this is like having Dennis Miller in the Monday Night Football booth. It seems like it could be funny. It's not funny. It's not. It's no. not funny at all. Dan, Dan Fouts in the booth, hilarious because he didn't know he was being funny. Unintentional comedy is the kind of comedy we want on TV. We do not want Eli Apple's mom on TV. I, I want Eli Apple's mom on TV. I just want to be clear that. You're not speaking for the, the party line. You're not here. speaking for the whole of Coach's decision in Giants Pod. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a broad swath of people. That's upwards of four people. So, <laughs> Literally dozens five, of us. Five when Chad Oakland Jolan's semester is over. <laughs> All right, Tori. All right, last one. So after taking down the Phillies, Anthony Rizzo, Dexter Fowler, and John Lester, and some of the other Cubs did karaoke and sang in sync. What song? Tearing Up My Heart. There's video of it. Good one. I'm a bye-bye-bye guy. Would have made more sense. I, yeah, I know the dance. I don't know the tearing up. What's you know the, the pop and lock? Yeah. Ain't no lie, bye-bye-bye. What, what's, what's the tearing up my heart dance? I don't know. Tearing up was, your heart. I know that there was one, but not nearly as iconic as bye-bye-bye. Yeah. I just the choreographed aspect. Of, I, I want to say, name those players again. Dexter Fowler, John Lester. Uh, Anthony Rizzo. There were like seven or eight guys. That is an ethnically diverse yeah, boy yeah, band. Yeah, the video is pretty solid. There has to be a music <laughs> producer out there like, oh. I can do this. I can work with this. I can cross-promote We're going to ship them out to Florida, get them all geared yeah, up. Yeah, let's make this movie. Sea town We'll call it Chi-Town. Shy- Chi-Town, there Chi-town. we go. Yeah, we can do that. Let's make this movie. Come on, you got to have one more, Tori. <laughs> one more? Yeah. All right, so the Milwaukee Bucks got fished. P-H- Fish. I don't even know what that means. They got an email impersonating the president, Peter Fagan, uh, asking for tax data from the previous year of all Bucks employees and the players. So salaries of athletes, social security numbers, all of Did that. Did it come out? Uh, oh, I don't man. know if it came out, but someone's oh. got it. Danny, lawyer up, if, man. Call him. If Luna strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, the, that was the Astros Cardinals thing, right? 
Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Oh man, that was so that was better than the Sony hack. That's <laughs> for baseball nerds. All right, well that's our show. You were listening to Coach's Decision and Giants Pod for Daniel Zarchi and Victoria Feeney. My name is Thomas Todd. Follow us all on Twitter, Giants Todd, Giants Pod, Dangrest, and follow us both on iTunes, Coach's Decision and Giants Pod. SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor. Thank you to them, 99 Bottles, as well. My name is Thomas Todd. We will see you next Wednesday. Go